actually be here, so <laughs> pressure's on. Um, last time I spoke was Palm Sunday, and I think a lot of you got a kick out of what I had to offer. I'm just going to say it right up front. Let's just lower the Last time I kind of mentioned that I was a runner. Uh, today you'll kind of hear more about that. Uh, in running, we build foundations of mileage. And and uh, so as I'm running, I live pretty close to here, and I run around this area and Back Bay all the time. And I'm running, and, you know, there's just a car driving by, and I get honked at and yelled at all the time, just what a thing it is. And this window rolls down, and someone screams, Mana Tacos! <laughs> And it was great. I don't know who it was, but thank you. <laughs> I was like, that was that was a joyous run that day. <laughs> Just thinking about manna tacos the entire time. Uh, but it's great. I'm so excited to be here. We've been talking about uh, stories with purpose, and I have the parable of Jesus, also known as the parable of the sower. Um, if you turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, I really just want to let the text preach today um, as best as I can. It's a really good scripture. And there's a lot to it. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 through 9. And then later on in this chapter, Jesus actually explains what the parable means, um, 18 through 23. So I'll start reading, if you could follow along with me, uh, Matthew 13, 1 through 9. That same day, Jesus went out. <clears throat> sorry. That same day, Jesus went out on the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds... Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Uh, let's just pause right there. That's This is a parable, and first of all, you have Jesus sitting in a boat, talking to a crowd. Uh, that's pretty amazing. That's a lot of people that he's screaming at. I can't imagine the microphone and the sound system really wasn't that great back then. And he's having to just preach at these guys. And he's telling them a parable that they would understand. He's telling them something that he's preaching to people who farm, who work the lands. They know what he's talking about, and they know it. And later on, his disciples get in a conversation with him and ask him, what what do you mean, let him who has ears hear? And, and what do you mean by this parable? And so he actually explains it for us. If you skip to verse uh, 18 through 23, it starts to, he actually breaks it down for him. And we'll read that together right now. Um, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word in the world, they quickly fall away. The seed following among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, 
But the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word out, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So we get this picture of um, there's three things here. There's a sower, there's the seed, and there's the soil. And the sower and the seed does not change. Okay, The sower is Jesus. The seed is the gospel, the word of God. And the soil is the only variable. This is the four different types of things happening here. Um, it's where the seed lands that changes. It's where it goes that is determining the outcomes here. So Jesus moves. This is chapter 13 is kind of the midway point of the book of Matthew. And you have this change from Jesus teaching in the synagogues. All of a sudden he's going and teaching in parables and teachings in, in outside of the synagogues, outside of the church. And after this point, after he starts these teachings, he actually goes into, uh, on his way to Jerusalem, which eventually he is where he goes to, to be hung on the cross, correct? And 13, just chapter 13 kind of marks the hinge point where he leaves his people in Galilee with a question, you know, where, what are we going to do with this teaching Jesus just taught us with as he goes on his missions to God? Um, I'm a coach right now. I coach cross country and track for a high school. And there's uh, one, one person in particular that has stood out to me this summer. And it's not even like the season hasn't really even started. And there's a soccer player. She's been, I was, her goal is to get in shape for soccer. And that's great. And um, I've been with her since July. And she's been one of the only ones to actually show up to all the practices, which is hard to get anybody out there because it's hot, it's summer, you don't want to be running. Running's not fun. You heard it here first. <laughs> and she's been coming consistently. And I think she's just been running. And I was like, all right, two miles. All right, three miles. All right, here's four miles. Here's back to two miles, back to four miles. Just going with her. And we had this workout the other day, the first day of school. I, I arrive back from a trip. I come back, and I just slam them hard. I'm like, if you guys have driven to the beach on Superior, uh, there's a big hill that goes down into the – we did that hill ten times. And I was like – I was ruthless to these little kids, man. They were like – they were dying. Some of them puked. It's okay. And I told this soccer player, she, I'm like, look, you only have to do it, I'm like, at the most eight times. I'm like, but I want you to get through six and I told a lot of them that, and um, she gets through six. She goes, Coach, I think I could go eight. I'm like, all right, let's go for eight. She goes through seven, and she starts beating my number one girl. And then we go through eight, and she's out kicking some of my guys. And she goes, Coach, I think I could go two more. I think I could get to ten. I'm like, okay, bring it on. And so she goes, and she, I think she beat every single guy except for my number one dude. And, like, it was pretty crazy. And it was just I was like, look at what you've done. It's only, it's only August. You know, we're at the end of August now. So it's been two months of just consistent running and look what you can do. And I think sometimes what happens is like, I can tell them what to do and I can tell them how to do it, but it takes them responding, right? It takes them showing up. And this parable is an interesting parable because it takes all three aspects of this to really align. It takes the seed. It takes the gospel. It takes the sower, like the coach or Jesus. And then it takes us. We're the dirt. You're dirt. I'm sorry to say it. You're dirt. <laughs> and as we break these down, I'm not calling you dirt to your face, but I want to ask you what kind of dirt you really are. Four different ways of dirt, okay? <laughs> um, 
Because when it all lines up, that's when the parable you get, the kingdom of God is, is there. That's when the kingdom of God really cultivates and accumulates. And it's an interesting thing. Um, so let's get into the first soil. And I think on your notes, you might have a little space here. The hard ground. And this is the path. So picture a farmer going into his farmland. Um, and he's spreading seed left and right. And he's walking. And sometimes what they do was they'll have uh, wagons or carriages, cartwheels, whatever you call them. You, they pull them along. Sometimes they have animals like a bull or a donkey. And this path that they walk on, this is the first type of dirt, the first type of soil. It's hardened. It's, it's stepped on by all the people, rolled on by wheels and stuff. It's very hard. It's thick. That's the first soil. The first soil is a seed that kind of falls there and it never sinks in. It never has the opportunity to really get under, to get fertilized, to grow or sprout any kind of fruit because it's so hard. And that is where it says the birds come and they snatch it away. So the evil one comes and snatches it away. This is the type of heart, the listener. Jesus is talking to people. You know, he's saying, you're listening to this. There's going to be four types of people in this room today, as there was when he was speaking there. One person, at least one type of person, who's not even going to be penetrated by these seeds. These seeds are going to hit and it's going to reflect off. You're immune to conviction. You're immune to the sins of the world. You're immune to all the things you watch on Netflix or TV. You're immune to that stuff because you've just seen it all. You've walked through it all. You've been stomped on. And that's the type of listener that the first dirt is. Uh, the second dirt, soil, uh, whatever you want to call it, the rocky ground. So this has a thin layer of dirt, and then underneath it, it's got rocks. And the thin layer of dirt is just enough to let let it let the seed sink in and let it sprout up. And the thing with this one is that it's the roots will not go deep enough. It says that when the sun scorches on this one, it withers away and it, it dies. Uh, some scholars refer to this one as the superficial soil. It's a superficial layer. And I just want to challenge you guys. Are we living in a superficial faith? How deep are your roots really going? When things get hard, are you falling back on God? Or are you falling back on some things that you, that you shouldn't be, right? That aren't biblical. When tribulation comes, this root is really just scorched up. It's taken out. Um, and that's the second soil. The third soil has thorns. It has weeds. The, this dirt has something else there. The thorns is a rival crop, and what happens is that this seed goes in and it has good roots. The only thing is it has other roots at the same time. And this is um, an interesting picture because the weeds will, will sprout up or thorns will sprout out, and it chokes the life out of the good plant, out of the plant we want. And this is, the, this is what we, um, I guess what you've referred to as, just something like an idol, I would say, in our lives, right? Something that is deeply rooted in your life. That's you're letting it, you're letting it grow. You're letting it get big, 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 and it's coming out, and it's choking out the life of your spiritual walk with Jesus, right? Um, and I feel like we're really quiet. Can I get some mm-hmms? <laughs> Are we ready? <laughs> Look, the thorns. The thorns represent idols, uh, multiple loves. Uh, let me just, add, like, let me put it this way. Is your reputation before men more important to you than your reputation before God, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, teach you guys. Let's go. <laughs> Make them run the hill, yeah. Are you more concerned with the amount of followers or likes you get on social media than the one you should be following? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe the clothing label you got on isn't the right thing you should be labeling. Maybe your character should be labeled greater than whatever you're repping, right? There's too many people out here that think it's all about me. I think I see a tendency in the OC area to very much put I in front of everybody. I in front of that idol, right? You are above everything else. What church is best for me, that's not how it should be. God needs to talk to you wherever you're at, whatever's happening. That's not how it should be. I'm a Pretty big, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm well invested in the art of yard work. My uh, dad, my dad would make me mow the lawn, uh, clean the house, and like do the whole pool thing. We'd do that. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. It is hot, so the pool became my friend every day. And I would regularly have to clean weeds and pull weeds. And there's weeds growing in places they shouldn't be growing, and I would have to pull them. And there's reeds, uh, I mean, really weeds grow everywhere. Uh, we have this area in the front yard, there's a bunch of rocks, and they shouldn't be there, but there's a, it's like a bushes of weeds. And my dad's like, alright, you gotta go clean it up. And so, I, whether it was punishment or a chore, I was pulling weeds. The only difference was, if it was punishment, I wouldn't get gloves. And so I'm going out there pulling these weeds. I'm bleeding, whatever. It's hot. I jump in the pool, come back. I'm pulling weeds. And that's just what it is. And the thing with weeds, if any of you have experienced this, is that if you chop the top off and it looks good for a while, it's great, right? You chop them all off. I'm like, Dad, I pulled the weeds. It's all good. And then the next day, maybe two days, they're right back at it, man. They are just thriving. They are light. It's like we gave them a haircut and they're ready to go. And I was like, are you kidding me, weeds? Like, get out of here. I'm like, I had to do that. So I have to do it again and I'm pulling in. So he tells me like, you have to get it by the root. You have to pull it all the way out. So I have to dig a little bit and it's like, you know, dirty dirt under the fingernails and stuff. And you pull it all out and you pull it out and you see that the roots really do go, go deep and they have all these spreadings and and that's the only way to get rid of the roots. And I think what happens with our lives today is that we show up to church and bam, we cut that green layer off that weed. We go, we're good for the week. And then we come back and that weed has already sprouted up again. Whatever sin it is, whatever you have, to, whatever's in your life, it's going to thrive right back up if you don't pull it right where it starts from the root. And that's powerful. That's deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I had a, I know a guy who, this young couple, they, they, uh, they love reptiles. And I know there's like a stigma against reptiles. Not, they're not cute and cuddly like a dog is, you know. Um, they actually really like snakes and lizards. I know, it's a, I know. <laughs> but they like snakes. Snakes need love too, right? I think. And, um, they, they had a snake, they had a pet snake, and then a the snake, they would actually like let loose out of their kit and it was disgusting and they would let it, they would let it slither around and, and this snake, they would actually let it sleep on their, on their bedside. They would curl up in a little thing and, hey, hey, you guys let dogs sleep there. What's wrong with snakes? <laughs> and so this snake is on their bedside and every night it would curl up in a bone, goes to sleep, whatever snakes do. Like, I'm sure they sleep. And, um, <laughs> as it got bigger and bigger, it started to, 
do something weird where it wouldn't coil up anymore. It would just kind of start to spread out in a line. And this couple is like, oh, what's going on with this, with our snake? And uh, I don't know, um, maybe we should go check it. Like, ah, nah, nah, it's okay. And so instead of getting coiled up, it would lay out and it started, it was growing bigger and bigger. And this snake was just a part of their life. They love this snake. And they finally went to, um, a vet and they were like, hey, what's going on with our snake? It's not coiled up anymore. It's, it's laying out in a long line on our bed and I don't understand what it is. And he goes, you need to get rid of that snake. They go, why? They go, well, it's measuring to see if it can fit you in its mouth. You guys ready? You guys ready? That is some of your sin. You guys have gotten way too comfortable to the fact that you let your sin sleep on the side of your bed. Mm. Let's go. Do you hear that? Just how you just went, oh, that's how God feels against you right now. God feels that sin. He feels it. You let it get so comfortable that it is measuring up. And if you're not careful, it will consume your life. It will consume you. It's whole. That's crazy. That's crazy. Man. Okay, let's get to the fourth dirt. Let's get to the fourth dirt. The fourth type of dirt, the fourth person who is listening, they hear the same message as the first ground, the hardened path. They hear that same message. And they they actually sprout up really quickly like the second dirt and they sprout up really quickly and even though hard times come, they're still they're still there. And, the, and they even live in the same temptations and the same sin and the same idols as the third dirt. And the only difference is their roots go deep and they're, they pulled the weeds that they become the good soil. They've become the soil that is abundant in its, in its nature. Um, Jesus says that this soil, the good soil would produce a hundred, sixty, thirty fold. And in farmer terms, I'm not going to get too into it, but that's way more than necessary. <laughs> and that's way more than even possible. A hundredfold out of one seed for, for that type is just craziness. And it reminds me of Jesus' first miracle, water into wine. And he turned water into wine at the end of this wedding. And he had crazy amounts of gallons of wine at the end. Why? Because he was showing them how good the kingdom of God is. He says, there's an abundance, an abundance of blessings waiting for you. And this is going to overflow. This parable is no different. He's coming, he's coming in here and saying, we're going to give you an overflow of goodness, an overflow of love and, and, and peace and joy and whatever else it might be. Now there's a relationship between the sower and the dirt and the soil. And I think we miss this sometimes. We look at this parable and we just think, well, what kind of dirt am I? And um, we have to think, the sower has to do a lot of work. He has to plow the fields. He's got to plant the seed. He's got to water it. He checks on it. He maintains it. He makes sure there's no weeds growing out. And spiritually, I think sometimes maybe we just wait for our fruit to come out naturally. And we forget that we have to be in relationship with this sower. We have to allow Jesus to come in and mend some things, pull out some things that don't belong there, pull things out of your mind, out of your hearts. Maybe there's roots that go very, very deep into your childhood that you haven't yet dealt with. And, and there's some things that you have to get rid of. 
so I'm building my foundation of mileage, right? And I keep preaching this to my high school kids and even to uh, the Vanguard group that is actually here today. Thank you, guys. Um, and consistency, I think, reigns true in running more than anything. Consistent miles or consistent small workouts is better than one crazy good workout. And to me, it reminds me of the tortoise and the hare, right? The the picture of the hare being the fast rabbit, and the rabbit goes super fast, and then it tops, it gets like a cup of tea or something, maybe a latte, I don't know. And then the tortoise is just trugging along, and then the hare sprints forward, takes a nap under a tree, the tortoise is trugging along, and the tortoise ends up winning the race, the tortoise and the hare. And to me, it just seems like if we spiritually take this approach of let's just be consistent, don't just go to church one once every once in a while and then like, I'm good, I got my spirituality. Keep it consistent. Keep praying. Keep going. Dig deeper when you're reading the Bible. Look for answers when you're reading the Bible. Pray like you mean it. Pray like something's going to happen. Pray like and you're expecting a miracle, right? Go a little deeper and a little more often. And that's it. That's like one of the messages. Um, one thing I think from this parable, there's three negatives and one positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Let's go. There's three negatives to this and one positive. And I'm not good at math, but I feel like the odds are against us. But I'm not good at math because that one actually outnumbers the three, right? It says that one good soil, that one good dirt has a hundredfold on it. It has 30-fold, 60-fold even. And that's crazy, and I'm just saying, I'm preaching to you guys, our God is a God who beats the odds, right? Mm-hmm. Our God is a God who beats the odds. That's that fourth soil. He beats the odds. You might feel down. You might feel stressed and, and, and anxious, but our God is better than the worst, right? Our God will outnumber the worst, Maybe you feel like you're getting choked by the thorns. The weeds are growing in your life and something's happening. But our God is good. And when he's on your side, no one can be against you. Mm -hmm. King Nebuchadnezzar threw three into a fiery furnace. And inside that furnace, no man should have walked out. But inside that furnace, four people stood, right? That's beating the odds. Our God can beat the odds. Daniel faced a death sentence by wild beasts, and in the morning he woke up sleeping next to lions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elijah and Elisha were in a tent surrounded by armies. And Elisha says, we're outnumbered. We can't do it. We're not going to make it out. And Elijah says, don't fear because he that is with us is greater than he who is within them. And that we have more. And there was angels surrounding that campsite. Our God can beat the odds. If you feel like you're the second or third dirt or even the first dirt, our God can beat the odds. You can change your position in your soil, in your dirt, right? You can change to be the good soil as long as you want it here, as long as you want it in your heart. David went 1v1 versus a giant Goliath who towered over all the armies, and our God took him down with a slingshot, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I can't be the only one who needs to hear that right now. Um, some of you are, are really stressed. Some of you, there's things happening. There's storms coming against you. There's new stresses being arisen up by jobs, by conflicts of relationships, conflicts of different things that might be tormenting you. 
But God is saying to you today, God beats the odds. You think that all the odds are stacked against you and you, all you need is one good soil. All you need is one, one seed to fall on good soil for it to spark a fire, for it to spark up and go. Our God is the one who leaves the 99 to chase the one. Why? Because that one can probably outnumber the 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all ready? <laughs> the parable of the sower, the parable of Jesus, um, there's three, right? There's, so there's the sower, the seed, and the soil. And I can't help but think of the Trinity when I, every time there's something about three here. And I had to dig a little bit, and I had to strive a little bit. So just think with me in this. We've already spoken so much about what the parable means, what type of dirt you guys are. Just kidding. And I want to go further. I want to take one step further into this. Look at this parable as a trinity. Look at this parable as we have the Father, we have the gospel, we have Jesus, and then we have the Holy Spirit, but we have us in there too. It's almost like there's three, but there's almost like there's four. And I think at one point we have to look at this parable as perhaps this is what God wants the church to become. We are invited into community with Jesus. Jesus is in community with himself for the Trinity. And so in the three, we are invited in. Okay, let me break this down. This is a little confusing. Okay. Jesus left earth and he left us with what the holy spirit earth dirt from which we were created the dirt if we are created by the dirt holy spirit is with us i believe that this parable can set it up as god the father jesus and the holy spirit and we are right with that holy spirit we are invited into the trinity of community we are invited into this amazing um fruitfulness and the thing is, for this parable to work, we need all aspects to be working together. We need all three and us to be working together for the kingdom of God. He can't do it without us, and that's the key. We are essential to this piece, to this puzzle. We, he can't do this kingdom. He can't have the fruit. He can't have, he can't reach the people who are lost if he doesn't have the people who are not lost to go get them, right? If you have your Bibles, turn with me quick to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 24 through 25. Jesus is talking again to his disciples. John 12, 24 and 25. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it may it remains only a single seed. But when it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternity. So the grain, the kernel of wheat, this just kind of struck me as something that connected because we're talking about seeds and soils and dirts. And this kernel of wheat, what it is, it has a hard shell around it. And the seed is within that shell. And it takes the shell breaking. This is actually a thing. This is real. It takes the shell breaking for that seed to unravel and come into the soil. Once that seed is broken and into the soil, as it here it says, once it, if it dies, 
then it sprouts out. And it actually does produce, I believe it's like 15 or 20 more seeds in that one that has died. And, oh, you know, I just feel like that, that's, that's powerful. That's, there's a shell around you guys right now, okay? Some of you have built this shell. Some of you have made it so thick that it's impossible to reach and it's possible to, to get into your heart. And if you would only let that shell break, God's saying, I will use you exponentially. I will use you abundantly. I will use you in all the ways possible. If you would just first let me go, let it go, let that thing go. And, Man, what shells we've built up. I think God is preaching to someone right now, um, specifically, that there's, you felt like you were the hard packed ground too long. Um, and maybe we are, I don't know, maybe we're the ones that are getting in the way. We are the ones who have built the shell. And the shell is rock hard, and we can't seem to break it open. God wants to do that for you. Um, and I, I'll tell you, the splitting of that shell, being vulnerable and surrendering that kind of to that capacity is not easy. It's not something that is done overnight. It's a process. Um, can we just bow our heads? And I want to pray for, I just feel in my spirit right now that somebody is on the edge. And God, I just pray for this person who is on the edge right now, who wants to encounter you, who wants to surrender to you. God, that you meet them right now, that you break whatever shell and whatever thing they have going against you, God. That your Holy Spirit encounter. Amen, amen, amen. Jesus here in this passage is predicting his own death. He's actually talking about himself. He is that shell that needs to die in order for seeds to be spread, right? He is that one. And that's John 12, 24 through 25. It's a powerful message. But he does something in 25 that offers a new outlook on this whole, um, on this whole parable of Jesus. And worship team, if I could have you come back up, I'm going to keep going, but I want you guys to come up here too. And Jesus has an outlook on verse 25. He actually invites somebody into this shell, into this seed. And he says, anyone who's willing to die in this world will have eternity. Anyone. He's inviting us into this, into this thing, into this, into this seed. And I have this picture here, the stories with purpose, the parables, there's a lighthouse and that was on purpose. Uh, the Lighthouse Community Church. And see, I've been struggling with something, with a word lately, and it's control. And control, to me, I, I love to be able to control things. And I love to be able to know the outcome before I go get it, before I go do something. And I love to be in control of whatever's going to happen in my situation. Is there anyone else who can con- control? That's us. That's human nature. And the thing with this parable, if Jesus is bringing us into this parable with him, it's not just the parable of Jesus, but it's the parable of Lighthouse Church. See, the goal here is that we need to spread the seeds around our community. And whether they land up on one of those four soils is out of our control. We have to spread the light. And the, the, the lighthouse, it's, it's just a cool symbol, I think, the Lighthouse Community Church, that 
we're here to shine our light, right? We're here to spread the news of God, to spread the news of this love, of this thing we found, and this awesome thing we shouldn't keep hidden. And no matter what storms come out, no matter what's going on at sea or on land, people can look and see that light shining. No matter what's going on, if there's, we don't know who's gonna, gonna come into, uh, we don't know what's happening. Right, if you're a lighthouse right here, you don't know if somebody's lost at sea just five miles away and they don't know if your light's gonna be the one to save them. Are you, are you picking this? Are we getting this? You have to spread the news. You have to shine that light. No matter what happens, you're out, it's out of your control whether it lands on good seed or on bad seed, on hard, hard soil, hard, hard. It's out of our control. Um, soon I'm going to hand it over to Pete and the worship team, but I just feel there's a burden. I, I, I don't know. I prayed. I don't know if that was one person here or many people here, but I want us to get into a space. If I could have um, a couple prayer warriors just to, to come up on the sides here, um, maybe Tom and and your wife and Pastor Jeff will be in the back. And I want you guys to respond. And if you feel like Right now, you were just kind of that third soil or the second soil or the first soil where you're hardened and you want to be mended clean. You want to be, you know what, I want to take a step and I want to pray to take the weeds out. I'm going to stand over here and I would love to just pray for somebody. And if we get one person, that's the good soil. That's all we need. Could you guys stand with us as we start to worship today?